Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Section 10 Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jared Carabas and Pete Blackburn. What's up and welcome back to the Section 10 Podcast, Episode 55, the Jeff Supan episode presented by Barstool Sports. It is the home of your American League East champion, Boston Red Sox. My name is Jared Carabas and I am a certified G and a bona fide stud and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is Pete Blackburn, and he's five foot tall, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, realest guys in the room. Steve, how you doing? What up, what up, Section 10 in the building? In the motherfucking building, down two games to nothing against the team that I said the Red Sox were going to fucking steamroll. Here we are, down 0-2. The season comes down to Claydro in game three. What a fucking plot twist we have here in front of us today. This is the greatest thing that could ever happen to this podcast. <laughs> we spent months talking about the, the number three starter and just the the overall value of Clay Buckholtz and his importance to this team in the playoffs. And what do you know? It's all on his shoulders. Uh, so hold on, hold on. Let's lay out the scenario. It's Sunday night. Game three was supposed to be 430 today. It got rained out, which is a good thing and a bad thing. We'll talk about both. But to continue to lay out the scene here, Clay Buckholtz is still getting the ball in game three. The Red Sox had the option of bringing back pretty Ricky in game four. I mean, in game three on Monday, they are not taking that option. They are sticking it's with Claydro in game three. That's how good They're he saying, is. Fuck it. We don't. If you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. You gave us the out to go with Purdy Ricky on short rest, and we're sticking with Claydro on full rest. Your thoughts? I, I mean, that, love it. This works out perfectly, right? You get, you get, you get Clay tomorrow or Monday, who knows when you're listening to this, and then you get pretty Ricky in game four, and then anybody's available in game five. Jared, you might even pitch in game five. I said this on a, I said this on a previous episode. This is, the, like, this is the greatest scenario for Clay Buckholtz and Red Sox fans regarding Clay Buckholtz. It's like if he, if he gums out and he gets shelled in game three, then you just you fucking you kill him. He's dead to you. You move on. And then if he fucking wins, he's a hero. He's the hero. He's the hero we need. I honestly, I think it's going to be one of those starts where we leave going, eh, just eh. fucking making little noises. Like, I don't think it's going to be anything where we're like, oh, yeah, I think it's going to be more like, eh. We got a decent outing out of him. Eh. Well, like, if, he, if he goes like six and two thirds, but gives up four <laughs> runs and the Red Sox win six to four, it's like, eh. Yeah. And he's like, eh. Kept a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Kept a minute. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up his option. Eh. Yeah, yeah, why not? Fuck it. Eh, you know, could have been worse. He has to shave his head. Is that the deal? Oh no, 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 no. So it was, all right, a quality say, start? if he has, 
if he has seven or more shutout innings, then I'll shave my head. No, that wasn't the deal. It was a quality start. It wasn't a quality start. If he gives up three, it was three a quality yards, start not... in the playoffs. That was the deal. No, I we I think we were talking dominant start in the playoffs. A quality start. I'm not shaving. I my would head not more. bet on Clay Buckles to make a dominant start in a playoff game. You're not risking anything. I said that I would bleach my hair. Speaking um, of not doing your job, how about that Red Sox offense? How about it? transition? How about that transition is what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's next level shit. I've seen a bunch of transitions in my life, but out of all the transitions I have ever heard, that is by far the greatest. Let me tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I'm not even going to fucking wait about it. So this Red Sox offense, let's talk about it. Ugh. Because after two games, uh, you're basically Andrew Benintendi, uh, Brock Holt, and Sandy Leone have been the only guys that have showed up for you. And I got some numbers to back it up. I didn't see game two, but I'm assuming that they were worse in game two than they were in game one. Substantially. I, I think they got uh, they had like three hits in game two. And I, I'm going to put Hanley in there. He didn't. I mean, I, I said Sandy Holt and Benintendi because they all hit solo home runs in game one. But uh, Hanley had a couple doubles, so he belongs in that category of guys that have actually showed up. Uh, in game two, nobody showed up. Nobody. Corey Kluber came in and did his thing. I was wrong. I mean, not really. I wasn't wrong because I was told that this fucking guy's hurt. So of course I'm going to bet against them. If you tell me that this guy's hurt and he hasn't pitched in like almost two weeks, you're going to bet against that guy. That's you're using the information that you have to make a informed assessment of what you think is going to happen. So here, let me, before we get into the offense, what, what did El Prez say about Kluber? Cause you guys were on several pages there, weren't you? Yeah. He and and this is what I, this is what I said to Dave. I said to, and he was right about Kluber, but I said, Dave, you were right about Kluber because you knew nothing at all. And <laughs> I almost knew too much because, yeah. if, like, I knew that he's all spin zone. <laughs> it's true. I mean, he basically just guessed. Like, he was trying to come off as this fucking baseball expert that knows about Corey Kluber. What are yeah. the odds that Prez knew who Kluber was before we got to Cleveland? Not good. No, that, that's, that's like the fantasy owner that has ever been wrong. Yeah, yeah I, no, he was right and I was wrong, but uh, it's I don't think that if it wasn't for me telling him that Kluber was hurt and hadn't pitched in 10 or 11 days, he wouldn't have known that. Honestly, I bet he's basing it off the Cy Young he won. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, he's Corey Kluber. Like, of course, like he's a stud. Of course, he's going to go 80. He's basing it nothing on recent events. And, and I, I used, you know, logic and reason in my decision, which was he's hurt, hasn't pitched in almost two weeks faced the Red Sox back in April and they fucking tattooed the guy. So those are, those are the factors that I was going with. I w- so here's the thing, because <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the offense, but I wanted to make this point really quick. Here's why I hate the postseason as a fucking quote unquote analyst is because during the course of the season, I'm a watch read react guy. When the games happen, I can write about them and analyze them, do all kinds of shit. But when it comes postseason time, You have readers and listeners who judge you on your baseball knowledge ability to be able to predict the fucking future. So I'm out here saying, all right, the Indians lost two out of three of their best starters and their third starter who actually can pitch is hurt and hasn't pitched in a while and the Red Sox see him well. So I'm like, yeah, of course they have no chance. That's that's why I use logic behind my. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you're a fanboy. You're just picking the Red Sox because you're a Red Sox fan. If 
Carrasco, Salazar, and Kluber were all healthy going against the Red Sox in the series, I would have picked the Indians in probably four games. But who is who is picking the Indians to to counter this? Like who's going against what Nobody. you were saying? That, Nobody. Yeah. So so it wasn't a crazy belief to think they would sweep. It's because nobody else would put their balls on the line and and actually give a prediction. Everyone I, saw some, the, I saw some of the writers. Some of the writers were doing it, and obviously, you know, some of the personalities too. I know Mutt, and you know, Mutt's our boy. But um, I think Bradfoe. There were there were a couple other guys out there that said Sox and three. I th- I thought the Sox were going to handle him, but I also I also said that Cleveland I didn't like the matchup against Cleveland as much as I would have liked a matchup against the Rangers. Also, you never want to go into the series being that heavily favored. Everyone was saying Sox, Sox, Sox. You don't really want that. You kind of want a little bit of a mix. And the whole Tito thing was kind of hanging over this series and is hanging over the series. Uh, um, so I, I don't know. Think, I also think people overlooked home field advantage. Oh, big time! More, more than they should have. I didn't. I was all on board the home field train. I was like, why the fuck? I was all saying, you know, I'm fine with resting the lineup, the starters, the day after the celebration. But after that, it's back on the horse. It's play for home field. Your OPS is 100 points higher at home than it is in the road. It's a short series. It can get out of hand really quick, which we're finding out right now. Um, I mean, Farrell, two games. You haven't even played a game at home yet, and you're already playing an elimination game. That's the stupidest thing in baseball. I I know we talked about this last last week, but that's the stupidest thing in baseball. You don't even come home and you're already fighting for your playoff lives. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Not great. I'm like obviously it would be this would be a a bad start for a seven game series, and you but you'd be coming home and you're not with your back up against the wall and like one win in game three. It's a whole different series. Yeah. It's, I don't feel like it's a whole different series if you win game three uh, tomorrow. It's still – you're still fighting for your life. It's it's a fucking – it's a crapshoot. It's I mean, it's obviously not over with a three-game three series. Or, or, yeah, I guess it's a three-game series now. Um, but I, it's obviously not over. Like, you can still come back from down 2-0. We've seen it. But, God, that's so stupid after a 162-game season to lose two on the road and then have to come back. I think we've also seen that game three can be the hardest one to win when you're down 2-0. I think the Red Sox in the past have had to grind and, you know, against the A's, they probably shouldn't have won that game, the trot walk-off. Um, I remember Burns had some stupid play at the plate, but game three can be the hardest one like to it. win. And um, <laughs> that's why it's like you got clay on the mound in the hardest game to win. I, and I also don't know how I feel about this team's like mental toughness either. It doesn't look great. Yeah, is anybody really confident about that at this point? So that's, here's that's here's the most important thing when you're in an elimination game, pretty much is and like Hanley's the most toughness in preparation. Hanley's like the most confident guy, which I, is is a that's a mind fuck. But he's been hitting. He can. I back know. That I know. Up. Hanley is doing every single thing that I said he wouldn't do. Like he's hitting in the postseason. He's got that confidence he would have in spring training is still there now. He's vocal about it. That tweet he had where he's like, "Let's f and go, Red Sox Nation." Yeah. He is so likable right now, and you're not seeing that from the other guys. He's Mr. Red Sox right now. Yeah. He is, he is Mr. Red Sox right now, and I think that that's fantastic. Um, but back to the offense. We'll, we'll talk about the starters in a second. But I think the fact that you sent out a Cy Young favorite in Game 1 and your $217 million ace in Game 2, and they got their shit rocked, I think it's kind of masking the fact that you have David Ortiz, Dustin Pedroia, 
Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., Xander Bogarts combined are hitting 111 with a 367 OPS. Not an on-base percentage, not a slugging percentage, OPS. That is fucking terrible. And they're striking 37.5% of those at-bats. How lost does Xander look? He looks so lost. I haven't seen him look this fast. No, but Xander specifically, he's check swinging at stuff that's way in the dirt. I mean, they were doing that all game one. That was so Game one, that was like the worst thing that I've ever seen. I've never seen a team swing at so many pitches in the dirt. We were pointing down to first every single pitch. Like, did he go? Yeah, he went. It was terrible. Uh, Mookie looks very lost. Mookie has taken some defensive swings, almost like, you know, I have no confidence in my ability to hit the ball right now, but I'm just going to try and fight one off just so I don't strike out. Like I saw that from Mookie in game two, uh, Jackie Bradley can't hit for shit right now. Uh, David Ortiz had that double in game one, but other than that strikeouts and pop-ups galore, um, which is weird to criticize David Ortiz in the post. No, I know, but it's, it's in big spots too. guys on base and he's yep. popping on the first pitch. It's a thing. Uh, Dustin Pedroia, Made the last out in game one on a check swing that um, I thought he held up on when I was at the ballpark, saw the replay after, and he definitely went, but I wasn't going to tweet that. So, again, you got some guys in that Red Sox line. Again, David Price, so disappointing in game two, so disappointing. But, and I made this point in the blog, he could have went nine innings and given up one run and still lost that game. He didn't. He deserves 95% of the blame for that loss because he was terrible. Did not even give his team a chance in that start. But let's not lose sight of the fact that this Red Sox offense has been piss poor. It's Hanley, Brock Holt, and that's about it. That's really been about it. I know Ben Benintendi hit a home run in game one. Same thing with Sandy, but the rest of their bats haven't been that great. Sandy Leone, he hit that home run. He's been fucking garbage in every other at bat and and it's it's weird to kind of i guess talk about um their performances in the series because it's only been two games like i think that that would be wild if we did that during the regular season and been right. like, like you know like, oh, they look fucking terrible and the series isn't even over like a <laughs> right. three game series isn't even over right but i mean it's a five game series it could be a minimum of, of three games here so I think it's you have to look at the real problem, and that would be the offense. It would be, you know, even in the game where they scored, what, four runs? They lost 5-4 in game one? Yeah. So even in the game where they put some runs on the board, you really haven't heard any noise from the, the guys that you would expect to hear some noise from. Right, and that was their calling card all season was the, was the fucking offense. Heading into game three, what do you feel more confident about? Is getting a solid start out of Clay Buckholz or getting a fucking it's on par performance from the offense? It's got it's gotta be the offense from the regular season. So coming back home, I'm I'm looking at, you know, the change of scenery. I'm looking at the rain out. The Red Sox play better at home. They do. Every team plays better at home, but the Red Sox are a team that plays uh, significantly better at home. Um, and then the rain out makes it so that you can bring Porcello back in game four. So the question is, does the rain out help the Red Sox more or does it help the Indians more? 
I think it helps the Red Sox more because again, we were talking about um, Porcello game one, Price game two, Claydro game three, and then Eddie Rodriguez in game four. Now you have that extra day so that you can go Porcello in game four. Don't know You're how I feel. Assuming that there's a game four. Well, well, you could in theory Porcello could come in Monday night, right? I'm I'm not burning Porcello in game three. Uh, I'm just saying if you're, it's an elimination game. There's no game four. If you're obviously, if you're not winning game three. So I don't know if, if Farrell's thought about that or what's the point of emptying the tank in game three. If you, cause don't you have to win. Lose. Yeah, sure. But you also have to win game four and game five. No, I, I know, but you, you got to get to those games, three games, not one game. Yeah. You got to get to those games. Yeah. But I, I mean, what's the point of emptying the tank in game three, if you're not going to give yourself a chance to win game four. Cause to get to game four. That's the yeah, point. But you, I mean, you can't. You, you can't do that. If you see, if you see Rick Porcello in Game Three, it's because it's in like the fucking twelfth inning. The twelfth, yeah. No, I, I don't think they. I don't think they would. But I, you know, you, it's basically all hands on deck here moving forward. And with the rain, it helps with Erod because now he could be another long arm out of the pen. Yeah, and, and Pomeranz too. He looked okay in he Game was good. One. He was yeah. good. I kind of like. I was already ripping on him, but he was good. That that run wasn't even his, so it was yeah. a good outing. Yeah, so I'll I'll take the guys behind, um, you know, Claydro in Game Three. I don't mind seeing Rodriguez out of the pen for a little bit. I don't mind seeing Pomeranz, but if it's pretty Ricky, I don't like your odds in Game Four because who the fuck is going to start that game? I mean, that, again, that's all hands on deck. I I might start it. All hands on deck in Game Five, then too, or it would be David Price. Yeah. And again, how do you feel about David Price going back to Cleveland? Wait, so you wouldn't see any scenario where Porcello pitches game three and then just have Erod start game four? No. No, they've already committed to Claydro in game three. That's a thing. It's happening. No, it's I'm fine. saying if Porcello came in in game three and then you started Erod in game four. Uh, I mean, this is this is basically no, irrelevant. No, no, it's not irrelevant. That could very well happen. Yeah. If you have if you have that game going to extra innings, um, yeah, it is. I, I guess you could see Porcello in in a game three scenario, um, but I, I would, it would just be nice if we, could, we we just need one of those games where they come out guns a blazing, kind of like uh, game one of the thirteen World Series that was done in like the third inning. If you can just have a comfortable game, your mindset completely flips. The pressure is now on the Indians if you can you know sneak out game four. So we'll see. I mean, let's we have a little time here, guys. Huh? Let's let's win game three first. <laughs> No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I think this is the hardest one to win of the three, as weird as it sounds. The Section 10 Podcast is brought to you by Sock Signatures. Sock Signatures is the leader in autographs and game-used memorabilia of tomorrow's Boston baseball stars. Visit SockSignatures.com today for unique items and the best prices on Socks prospects from Lowell to Boston. Mm-hmm. Use promo code SECTION10 to get 10% off of your first order at Sock Signatures. <laughs> So how was the experience in Cleveland? Terrible. Uh, <laughs> Jared Carabas. Terrible. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I told you guys a story in the last episode about how Dave asked me if I wanted to go. I politely declined. 
<laughs> and then he went from asking me to telling me that I was going. So next thing you know, I'm, I get a fucking email with uh, my flight ticket and all my hotel information. You know, I, it was nice. I, I, you know, we, I flew first class front row on, on the wow. plane. Which was, wow. Yep, yep. Davey Page views that really outdid himself. Had my own hotel room. It was a nice one. So nice blogging atmosphere in Cleveland. Ladies, ladies. Nice blogging atmosphere in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, game Did you one. Check out the uh, the Tinder scene in Cleveland. Cleveland. No, <clears throat> no, I really didn't. I I just walked into the bar and that's all I had to do. Didn't so. even go out. Probably probably a smart decision. Probably wouldn't have been a lot of uh, great options in Cleveland Tinder. Uh, apparently not. So I ran <laughs> into uh, <laughs> on the, on the way home. When I landed in Logan, I ran into Mike Napoli's brother, Joey, and I was like, yeah, dude, like, how are you like in Cleveland? I was like, it's pretty rough, huh? And he was like, honestly, dude, no. He's like, there's tons of hot girls. And I was like, what? I was like, where the fuck were they? Because like, I only saw a bunch of dudes. Uh, but yeah, that our tailgate was all like Cleveland Indians fans, a couple homeless dudes and like three 80 year old women. <laughs> So yeah. you, you you usually don't drink when you go to the ballpark, yeah. And there was a big drinking scene. I saw you with a beer in your hand at a couple at a couple points. How much did you drink during the game? Um, so I I asked Feidelberg to get me an iced tea. He came back with a lemonade, which was great. I appreciate it. But then Gaz came back with like a fucking hundred ounce beer can. I saw those gigantic beers. Those are insane. Yeah, it was basically like uh, it had to have been a foot and a half long. It's something close to that. It's like the beer it was, that the guy threw at uh, fucking Kim. The it was no, it was bigger than that. Like take a, it was like two four locos stacked on top of each other. Like, it was a <laughs> fucking big ass beer. Um, yeah, you know, I dabbled. I didn't like get drunk or anything. I just you know had a few beers and enjoyed myself. I mean, I usually don't drink at the games because like I'm working. But if you're with your boss and he lets you drink, then yeah. you're gonna drink beer. With uh, with Prez, is he intentionally doing the name thing wrong? Is that just like one of his things now that he intentionally says stuff wrong with Carabas um, and all that? I honestly, I don't know. I don't. I honestly, I, I if I had to bet on it. He's not doing it on purpose. He's just getting it wrong every just time. Getting keep... it wrong every time. Yeah, wow. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, by now he's been corrected so many times that he has to know that the way he says it is wrong. But, <laughs> but I was, a couple I of the times trying... he did say it, he corrected himself like immediately afterwards. So I think yeah. he just like I think that he's just trained himself to say it the wrong way, and then yeah. sometimes he realizes it and immediately corrects himself. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, even when the cameras are not rolling, he still calls me Carabas. I was very excited to watch that post game and and how it happened too, because each time it got progressively worse. And Feist was like, like Carabas, Carabas, it's Carabas. <laughs> and then your reaction at the end was perfect. I'm like, all right, I have to make some kind of mashup out of this. This was great. Yeah, I just gave up. I mean, the, at at some point, you just have to give up and say he's never going to pronounce it correctly. I give up. You win. I will just let you say whatever you want. Like you can call me whatever you want. Like I was about to be just, just fucking call me Jared. Just yeah. call me Jared. Like <laughs> Jared. Yeah, he's gonna mess that up somehow. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a thing now for better or for worse. Because I blogged it. You made the video, Steve. I blogged it, and now like the uh, the commenters who don't like me 
will spell it out the way that Dave pronounces it so that they know that they're also intentionally pronouncing it wrong. So it's a thing now. It is what it is. Um, but shouts to everyone who, who actually knows how to say it and says it correctly. It's very much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. Oh, yeah? It's always been hard to find the best deal for that gamer shorty that you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek <laughs> is different. They've come along, and they've created an amazing app and a website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. SeatGeek is always the first place that we go to to look for tickets to a game or a concert when when Dave isn't giving them to Jared for free. Uh uh, everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek gets all the price comparisons for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save all the time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To do that, you... Go download the SeatGeek app. You go to the settings tab. You click add a promo code. Enter promo code section 10, all one word, section 10, one zero. SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code section 10 today. Big coupon, bitch. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. seats weren't terrible. We had pretty good seats. Dave, looks, Dave took care good. of us. Yeah. I will say that. Dave took care of us in Cleveland. Um, I appreciate that he, you know, tried to get me out of my shell, which I feel like I'm, I'm cured. I feel like I'm cured because if you didn't know, I had, I have a, not a fear of traveling. It's a fear of traveling by myself It's by myself. I can't do it. Uh, I, or at least I thought I couldn't. It's because I, I don't trust myself to navigate the waters of just uncharted waters within the world. That's why I stay in my bubble here in Saugus, Massachusetts. Uh, it takes a lot for me to be able to get outside that bubble, a.k.a. my boss basically threatening me. Um, <laughs> so that's why I was there. And I tried to make the best of it. I really did. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm, I'm better off for have having gone to that series. But at the same time, it fucking sucked to just sit there and watch your – your team get their nuts stomped in. That's got to be the worst. You make the trip out there and then to see it go like that, especially game two, because game one, you could have had that. Um, but game two, man, that was, that was nothing was going their way. And Kluber was on. Nothing was good about that game. Yeah. Plenty of opportunities in game one. I mean, you had Hanley Ramirez come up to the plate with a man on second and first base was open and Francona pitched to the fucking guy and he already yeah. had two doubles. I mean, there was one point where there was that situation with Hanley, but I forget who came up after. It might have been Bogarts, but the runner advanced to third base with two outs, and Bogarts couldn't even get like a fucking dinky little hit to tie the game. Um, Are we worried about Bogarts, by the way? Like, absolutely. Oh, you're saying permanently? Um, Yeah. I don't don't know. I mean, right now, yes, but I don't think long term I'm overly worried. But he looks lost, man. Well, just because he, I'm, I'm assuming I'm putting my chips in the pile that he's going to figure it out. Um, not, I don't think this playoffs, but the kid's got too much talent, and he's, you know, he's too intelligent to keep sucking like this. That's just a guess. That's a prediction. We make predictions. That's mine. But I didn't see this coming. I thought the kid was going to win the batting title, and obviously, first half of the season he was solid. But now you're looking at him. He's just he looks completely lost. 
He's yeah. check swinging at stuff that's not miles from the strike zone. Um, and he just doesn't look confident. You can see his body language is off. Everything is off right now. Yeah, at least in the field, he still looks pretty good. But yeah, I don't know, man. It, Xander, I'm worried about him. Yeah, it's not uh it's not very ideal. Oh, one thing uh, I want to mention with because Hernandez was pinch running for Poppy, they made a big deal about uh, uh Hernandez not going to third on that that uh that ball that bounced off the catcher when Hanley was waving him to go to third. I, I thought he would have been hosed if he did, right? Uh so Dave Dave thought that the runner should have gone. This was Marco Hernandez, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Dave was adamant that Hernandez should have gone. I would right off the bat. I was like, Nope, stupid play. I no. didn't think that he should have gone. Uh, Dave, the next day, even after I think he watched the tape was like, no, he definitely should have gone. I don't, I mean, what did you guys think? I didn't think well, that he Ortiz should've. was talking to him in the dugout, almost like, you know, consoling him, let him know like next time, buddy, you know, you might want to go. I don't know. I, I, I thought if he goes, he's dead. And then that's all we're talking about how Marco Hernandez got thrown out at third. And that's why the Sox lost game one. So I, I don't think yeah. he should have. Hanley kind of sold it a little too much by big time waving him over there. So that's probably why Dave was so confident. But um, I don't know. I mean, that was just one mini part in a game that had many missed opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Not not good. And so back to the the question of um, does this rain out help the Red Sox more or does it help the Indians more? I thought or think that it helps the Red Sox more, but there are pros and cons to that. The downside to this extra day is that that's another day of rest for big dick Andrew Miller, (laughs) Cody Allen, who threw a combined 80 pitches in game one, 80 pitches. And that was the thing that killed me the most about Price in game two is that the fact that he let the, the, the lead get that far away from the Red Sox so that the Indians didn't even have to think about using Miller yeah. and Allen again. I mean, if, if you, if you give up a, you know, a home run to whoever the fuck that was Lonnie Chisenhall or some shit, right? So first if you, homer off a lefty all year. Yeah. And he's had eight home runs all year. I mean, not a home run hitter at all. He hit a rocket into the right field corner. Uh, if it, if he had just given up a solo home run, because I will say this, David price gave up a three run home run there, but, it was like a dinky ass single. Like it was a bunch of dinky ass hits that he gave up to make it a three run home run, which was the bulk of the damage there. Um, if it had just been a solo home run, we'd still be talking about how he gave up a bomb to a dude that doesn't hit home runs, but you're talking about a different management of that bullpen because they got to trot out fucking Joe Schmo against the Red Sox because it was six, nothing instead of maybe thinking about bringing in Miller maybe thinking about bringing in Allen. Those guys were fucking picking their ass in the bullpen all day because they knew that they weren't going to be needed. I mean, we talk about this all the time with Price about, you know, it was a blue pier and it was, you know, dinky hit there. Having said all that, like, you got to shut the door. When you get in those situations, first and third, one out, You're and I hate to bring up the money. Everyone goes back to the money. I don't care about the money he's making. I care about what I've seen out of David Price in the past. He's been a horse in the past that gets out of those jams and isn't making excuses afterwards like it's a bloop here, it's a bloop there. He wasn't saying that, but all the fans were. So you just got to get out of that situation. You can't give up a home run there. Very simple. You cannot give up a three-run homer. I know getting in that situation was cheap with the bloopers, but you just got to shut it down. Shut the door. So 
I know it's it's a little soon to be thinking about game five. You got to win game three. You got to win game four. Easier said than done. What is your confidence level in David Price taking the mound in game five? And it is not high. It is not What's high. your confidence level to getting to a game five? At this uh, point? No, so you're, you're saying more hypothetically, if we get there, what's what's? Well, I'm saying what's your confidence level getting to a game five right now? Because mine low. is not very high. Low, 100%. low. They perform at Fenway Park. Let's see what they look like. Let's see what they look like when we get there. You know what I'm most worried about? Down four to three in the sixth inning, you're kind of fucked. Andrew Miller could throw the longest outing of his life. On yeah, Monday. because I mean, if they if they clinch the series in three games, then they can potentially throw Andrew Miller for like four fucking innings. Yeah, and he can just rest until the he ALCS. Could just, he could just end that thing six, you know, seven, eight, nine. So yep. I, I'm I'm most worried about that. And I, I know you brought it up with the rain. Um, but that is the biggest part that impacts the Indians is that Miller got an extra day to rest. The dude is like, there are certain guys in the Red Sox. Poppy is at the top of the list. It just can't hit him. He, David Ortiz can't hit Andrew Miller. Not many people can. No, I know. But I think him specifically, when he comes up, I'm like, well, shit, just look at how the pitches come in on Poppy. They just, he'd have to guess where it's going to land. He's a good guesser though. No, I know. All I'm saying is they need to jump all over Tomlin because Andrew Miller, it's like, you know, that's a, you think about that. Oh, four series against Rivera. Yeah. You were thinking like, we need to get a lead before the ninth inning. Cause if we don't, we're not coming back against Mariano Rivera, which they did. Uh, but you're also not thinking like it's basically Mariano Rivera, a four headed fucking monster because <laughs> Andrew Miller can pitch multiple innings like never i i can't remember in a postseason series before having this you know secret weapon in the bullpen looming that could hurt you so early in the game and for such an extended period of time in the game it's just and it's weird that i mean it's not weird i mean it's obviously working but andrew miller wasn't that guy with the yankees he was just their closer he would come out and close games. And he, the same thing with, you know, Baltimore and Boston, just one inning at a time. And that's how he kind of made himself into a household name as a reliever was the one inning at a time guy. And then he gets traded to Cleveland. And now he's this fucking <laughs> four inning, three inning guy. that can just, it's, you know, he removes sections of the game. He just comes it, in. He's like, all right, these next three innings aren't even going to happen. Because yeah. I'm pitching now, you might as well just fucking get up, grab a beer, and come back in a half an hour when I'm done. When he came in in the fifth, I was like, well, might as well go to the bathroom now. Like, <laughs> you know that he's he's going to be getting at least two innings there. Um, that's what I'm scared of the most. If he gets, like, three, if he comes in in the seventh, he could, he could ride that puppy home. And, like, yeah. that... And he would be on the fucking mound when they're popping bottles. That's my nightmare. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <sighs> to have a nightmare about that tonight. Um. <clears throat> also wanted to mention this Toronto Texas series. How disappointing is this matchup, Ben? What the hell? I mean, <laughs> what the fuck's going on with this? Somebody punched somebody. What the fuck, man? Like I, I was jacked up for this rematch of the division series last year with the Batista bat flip and the fights. And then you go into this year and Odor punches Batista in the face. And then the stars align and they meet each other again in the postseason. And 
nothing has happened. It's just been a Toronto dick stomping. Uh, it's three to two right now in the third inning, I believe it is. Sanchez is on the mound, just gave up a home run to, I believe, Elvis Andrews. Um, but where has the action been in this series? It's just been lights out, all Toronto. Um, and this was this was the matchup that I wanted to see, Boston-Toronto. I think that those are the two best teams in the American League. It's It's, you know... Backs against the wall for the Red Sox right now, which I'm not panicking because they've been here before. We've, I mean, it's a different group, different rosters. So you can't say they have been here before, but we as Red Sox fans have seen this team come back from down 0-2. It's just, it's, it's a short series. Things can change very quickly, especially now that the the scenery is changing. You're going back to Fenway Park. It's not the loud ass uh, Cleveland, uh, you know, progressive field environment. Which, by the way, shout out to Cleveland Indian fans because they brought it. They were loud. They were loud. The one thing that I didn't like about that stadium is that a they had a hype man. Yeah, that's dumb. Which Feidelberg shit on him like he like tweeted something and then he came over and like met us. <laughs> He's, he's like, like, hey, hey I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. You got, like, you got something to say? <laughs> but he was Go nice. Indians. Go Tribe. You he got something was, to say? He was very nice, but it was hilarious that – I uh, saw that. He, he took a picture of him on the big screen. Like, look at this fucking guy. And then yeah. two seconds later, he has a selfie with him. I'm like, yeah. oh. Yeah, he came up from behind us and was like, hey, guy, what's going on? And I was like, ah. Hey. Uh, hey, Jared, say what's up. <laughs> hey, say hey, Pete. <laughs> um, very nice guy. Good. But they did have the the big board basically instructing fans on when to cheer yeah. and when to get loud. That's like I basketball. Don't... That's not that has no place in baseball. Anytime there was like two strikes, they would play the get loud or make some noise. And it's like, dude, if you're a baseball fan and you don't know when the appropriate times are to make noise, get out. Are you really even a baseball fan? I don't know. Here we are. We're down 0-2. We've broken down games one and two. We're going into game three on Monday after a rainout. Yes or no? Does the change of scenery, does Fenway Park make a difference whatsoever? Because I go back to 2009, which is honestly like the forgotten season. Like I can't tell you one thing that happened during that season other than they got swept to to the Angels at Fenway Park and that was it. Like I can't like there was no moments in that season that stick out to me as like yeah, that was a team that got into the playoffs and you know like yeah, I remember that 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 moment that moment it was just nothing. The that series season. that series absolutely drove me nuts because I had gotten tickets for game 4 uh, for my dad's 60th birthday and we were going to be coming back the night before and that game 3 was awful. That was a terrible loss. Papelbon blew it. Yep. Um, I think who was it? Ibar had like a big hit and like Sean Figgins, Chone Figgins, dumbest name ever. Um, and that series, yeah, that series absolutely sucked. So I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, are we with the mentality the team has right now? We're closer to that series, right? Than we are, you know, the Indians in '99 and the uh, the A's in '03. We're close. We're probably closer to that '09 series the way things are going right now my confidence level is not very high heading into tomorrow so you think that they're going to get swept i think that there's a good chance that they get swept really mm-hmm. <laughs> pd 
PD, PD predictions over here. Oh, Peter. You think the Red Sox are going to get swept with clay troll on the mound? <laughs> the fucking tribe? The fucking clavia? Uh, Pete. Mm-hmm. Baseball, hey. Baseball, hey. Pete. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox are winning this fucking game. <laughs> okay. They're yep. going to win game three. And then you got pretty Ricky in game four. And then after pretty Ricky, you got the return of David Price. Who wants to redeem himself after an embarrassing loss in game two? And you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that you don't like the odds of the Red Sox winning three games in a row? I call bullshit. I call bullshit on that beat. That's the only thing I got to say to you. Uh, all right. Well, honestly, like this is why I hate this time of the year because it's whatever you think is going to happen is probably not going to happen. Steve, what do you think? What is this game? Is this series going five games? Yes or no? Gun to my head. Gun to your head. Yes, it's going five games. Clay Buchholz is going to pitch the game of his fucking life. I'm going to shave my head. Rick Porcello, not only is he going to throw a no-hitter, he's going to throw a perfect game and then point right at Tito's face and say, that was for your your mom. Then we're going to go back to Cleveland, all right? We're going to go back to Cleveland. Davey Price, he's going to throw a perfect game. Back-to-back perfect games. Davey Price points at Mike Napoli, goes, that was for your fucking siblings. And then we're going to have a champagne celebration. No, I think gun to my head. Um, I think the Sox win in five with ease. I, I think they they, they take these games and, and we forget about the first two games. They're going to be so good in these next three, Pete, that we're going to forget they even lost the first two. All right. One, he's got one more thing. Just so. let me say one thing right now. All right. Let him get it up. If there's one thing that Toronto Blue Jays fans love more than anything in the world, it's pop flies that are about 20 feet in front of the fucking warning track. Let's go. They love them. They go nuts for them. They love the fly balls that are about 20 feet in front of the warning track. They go crazy for them. They love them. By the way, can we talk about that fan that fucking threw a beer at uh, How, Kim? Like, like, what the hell? I remember that happening, uh, watching that live, just being like, did he just throw a beer at him? Threw a beer. Threw a beer, and then Wait, they and were... And we, we were talking about this at work. That we, we feel like that's one of those things where the second, the second that beer left his hand, he's like, what have I done? <laughs> what what have I done? That I'm three rows away. That is 100% going to land on the field. There's no way that get you know clips the wall and comes back. That's landing right by... Him. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in a game. The craziest part about that story was the fact that the person didn't get caught. He's a writer. It, oh, no, I, I thought they, they is not is that not the guy? I guess not. I mean, the police put out a picture of a guy and they were identified as a, an award winning journalist, but apparently this I guy saw, is going with the cup excuse. He said saw, what's on the field was a beer can. I have a cup, and then he went to the tape, and he's holding the cup. Why, if you were a fan, would you have a beer can and a beer cup? You wouldn't. When you, uh, I, I saw what you wrote there about about this incident, and it's like, how 
You have an entire state. Remember, Bar- I mean, Bartman, obviously that's different because you're like, no, actually, is it different? No, it's not different because Bartman was right in the spotlight and this guy was right in the spotlight too. Uh, no, Bartman is, is a lot different just because Bartman's intentions were so much so much better than this guy's intentions. Like this person just fucking wanted to smoke the outfield or the beer so that you drop the catch. No, I, I more mean in terms of eyes that are on you in the center of the moment. I guess the difference with Bartman is you obviously touched the ball, whereas this guy distanced himself from the beer by throwing the beer. It's not like he threw yeah. a beer and he's in the front row and he was trying to catch a home run. But um, by the way, if, I don't if, know. How if, does he get out of there? Guy- How does that guy get out of there? If the picture that they put out wasn't the actual guy who threw the beer, that guy needs to work on looking less guilty because that guy is the most <laughs> guilty looking motherfucker that I've ever seen. At a Did you read the story about it? Uh, no. So there was a story, I think it was like the Metro put out a story and they interviewed people who work with the guy in the photo. And they said that there was like an unnamed source within the office that the second that the photo got released, he sprinted out of the office. <laughs> And he deleted really? his Twitter. The, yeah, he had a photo posted Twitter. right there. I mean, it's this, that's it's a this weird bad. move. If you're if you're if you're innocent, why do you delete your Twitter? Why do you <laughs> sprint out of your place of work? Like, what's your fucking plan there? And he, he had Maybe posted a photo from right there, from right in that spot. Right. It's this guy. It's this guy. It could. Well, be. I don't think anybody's debating that 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 guy was there. Like that picture is of him. I think he's just saying that it wasn't him who threw the yeah. beer. I mean, it, it, the cup to beer can defense makes a lot of sense for me. It really does. If you go it to a does, game, you don't. What, what's your other? What's your other? What's your other option? Because it looked. It certainly looks like him in the video throwing the can. No, the 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 video looks like the woman threw it. The, the video is very I, hard to figure out. I saw one of them looks like a woman throws it. The other one looks like the dude kind of like frisbee throws it. <laughs> So maybe it was somebody else's beer. Yeah. Like that I'm, just, or, I'm just laughing. Or maybe, or maybe he just had fucking two beers or something. Or maybe they gave him a plastic cup and a beer can. I'm just laughing thinking about what went through this person's head the second that beer left the hand. Like, what was the first words? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> that thing's out. The scariest part about that is that I could I could imagine myself doing that. Like, I could just imagine, like, getting a couple, like... Cup too, too, too many beers in me, and like a playoff game, just too excited. Everybody's fucking amped. There's a f- fly ball. There's so much excitement all around me, and I just lose control of my body and throw a throw a beer as hard, as hard as I can towards the field. Also, what a waste of beer. That thing was full. That probably is at least like nine, ten bucks. Yeah, I guess that's. I guess that's what I could convince myself is that I could. I would never throw a beer away. <laughs> I would never. I would never dump a beer. Uh, especially when it's like $10 an ounce. They also announced that uh, they're no longer selling beer cans there. Yeah, only cups now. Only cups. Well, welcome uh, to the fucking 21st century Toronto. By the way, it's 5-2 Toronto in the third. This one's over. So Sweep city. The, the Rangers are getting swept, which means that the Blue Jays are going to be nice and rested. Wait, so that, that means Red Sox Blue Jays, right? And the ALCS? Yeah. They're going to be nice and rested. The Red Sox. I would honestly. The Red Sox would have swept the Blue Jays. If Think I mean, about would it. Would have swept the Rangers if they got of matched with the Rangers. Well, they're going to sweep the Blue Jays. I hope so. If you're a fan, right, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the team that's rested 
or would you rather have the team that won three in a row to come back and you have all the momentum going into the LCS? Well, the momentum. I think I think I think you want to be the team that wins three in a row. You yeah. always do. A track record shows that that you know has a good chance of then getting you to the next level. World you series. I mean, sweeping is fantastic, wonderful, but you don't want to go like a week straight without playing. Yeah, playing especially. Games. I mean, we saw it happen with the especially Rockies in 07. Like you have you have fucking momentum. Like if both teams sweep, that's what you want to have happen to come out of the first round. But you don't want to be the team that sweeps and the other game, other series goes five games and you have to wait a week. Right. The Rockies got peed on in 2007 because they swept the yeah. NLCS and then they what had to have, wait. What did they have, like two weeks or they didn't play a game? Yeah. They had to wait for Big Dick Beckett to come in and punch out 13 dudes in game one. And it was over from there. It was done. It was donezo. That's, that's honestly like 90% of the MLB playoffs is what team is fucking hot at the right time. And if you get hot, you want to stay hot. You don't want to have to wait between series. Right. Right. So I would say the Red Sox have them right where they want them. <laughs> now is a good time to get hot. If you're the Boston Red Sox, now is the I mean, I, I I hate to state the obvious, but isn't it clear, boys? Didn't they intentionally lose these two games <laughs> so that they can win three in a row and then fucking steamroll the Jays? It's pretty obvious. It's pretty. They're just setting the Blue Jays up for failure. This is the long play going in here. This is strategy, baby. That's that next level thinking, Johnny Farrell. Let's fucking have it. Let's fucking have it, Johnny. This, let's fucking have it is gaining too much steam for this to be a three and out. Yeah, yeah. I haven't haven't tweeted it lately because it it didn't do us much uh, in the first two games. If if they make a strong run, let's fucking have it is going to be this fucking slogan of this team. That's going to be on the rings. (laughs) Let's let's fucking have it. Yep. Yeah, underneath on the ring is always like the phrase of the year. Three and out. It's it's nothing. It's lost in history. Pretty much. Never to be heard from again. Yeah, if the Sox lose, let's fucking have it is dead, which sucks. That's probably the worst part about this. Yeah, you can't just you can't let that die. It's too good. It deserves more than three and out. It does. You can't just let it die. And the other thing that we haven't even mentioned one time, Rugnet Odor just went deep. It's five to three. Toronto Blue Jays. You guys really good at dating the podcast. Continue. Yeah, I love these live podcasts that come out. <laughs> hours I'm keeping all these games. These are all, these are all staying in. Um. The one thing that we haven't talked about yet at all is tomorrow could be David Ortiz's last game ever. All right, so that's that's it for the this week's show. Thanks for coming out. I'll say thanks to our producer, Steve Peralt. You can check him out on Twitter at Steve underscore Peralt. You can follow the show on Twitter at Section 10 Pod. Follow Pete Blackburn at Pete, you guessed it, Blackburn. Hit me up on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Carabas13. The archive for the Section 10 podcast can be found at Section10podcast.com, creatively named. Subscribe on iTunes and rate the show. I actually went back and I I read some of the ratings, the uh, reviews. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff in there. We don't get enough of those. We don't get enough. Yeah, Bring go ahead and actually like Bring write written reviews about the show. It's it's good. It's playoff time. It's October. Everyone in Boston, whether they are genuinely interested or just pretending to be interested, there's a good chance that 
the Red Sox are a topic of discussion that they might be interested in. So tell them about the Section 10 podcast, because now more than ever is the time to consume Red Sox content. And I would argue, it's probably more of a fact than an opinion, Section 10 podcast got to be the best Red Sox podcast in the game. Right? For I mean, sure. is, there, is there a better one? For sure. I, oh, there's no question. Section 10 podcast, dude. And if you think there's a better one, I got some fucking news for you, pal. You can go fuck yourself. You're also wrong, bitch. You can check out our sponsor, Sox Signatures, at SoxSignatures.com. Use promo code Section 10 to get 10% off your first order. Smooth. 10%. That's what I said. 10% off your first order. Also, the SeatGeek app. You like tickets? You like games? You like watching games? You like like going to games? You like like concerts? concerts. You like going to them? Guess what? You got ears that work? SeatGeek app. You download it. You go into it. Section 10 is the promo code. You get a $20 rebate off your first purchase. A nice Harriet Tubman right in your pocket. Game 3. Go watch Claydro. Download the SeatGeek app. You put in the promo code Section 10. Guess what? $20 right back in your pocket. Hey. You go fuck yourself, bitch. You dirty bitch. So we got voicemails. I know we got voicemails. And I want to say this. Oh, they're going to be great. They're going to be you so two, positive. You, you two don't know this yet, but there is a celebrity guest voicemail Ooh. on the on the Section 10 podcast this week. Yeah, it's an A name in the Boston market. Left a voicemail, so you'll have to figure out which one. I mean, it's going to be pretty obvious when you hear the voicemail who it actually is. So that'll be interesting. Bruzo's got to be in there at least one time. Um, so let's see. I, I mean, because I put it, I put the tweet out there. I wanted to know where Red Sox fans' heads are at. I want to know if it's doom and gloom. I want to know if you feel like they're going to get swept. I want to know if you're nervous and you think that it might go but five games, but you're not sure. Or I want to know if you're confident and you think that it's only a matter of time before the Red Sox meet the Blue Jays in the ALCS. I want to know. I want to know. We're going to find out because we're about to listen to your motherfucking voicemails right now. Let's fucking have it. Let's fucking have it. Hey, Jared, Pete, and Steve. Uh, we're fucking down 0-2, but uh, Clayton's going to save the motherfucking series. Gold bottles. Um, I don't really know what else to say except he's going to throw a fucking perfect game in game game three tomorrow. It's, it's going to be fucking insane. Um, looking forward to hearing from you guys at some point. Um, gold bottles, bitch. Hey, what's up, Carabas? It's Olak on the bus. Pray to God they don't get their ass swept tomorrow. You live another day with the rain. Clay buckles. Pray to God they don't get swept or you'll never hear the end of it. Hey, Jared, it's Beetle. Remember that time you asked me who Josh Tomlin was? And I was like, I don't know who the hell Josh Tomlin is. And then you said, yeah, exactly. He'll be the third starter for the Indians. I hope like hell Josh Tomlin doesn't beat the Red Sox. Because that would not only suck for all of us, that would really suck for you when you come in this week. So uh, let's go Sox in game three. What's up, Jared, Pete, and Steve? Um, I, I think that, you know, the Sox are going to come out this this game three, they're going to be fucking pumped because they had a fucking closed door meeting and Amley's going to carry this team fucking 11 wins in a row 2016 world champions I'm not worried one fucking bit go bottom 
Don't let us win game three. Because you know we're taking game four. You bet your ass when to take game fucking five. So don't let us win this game. That's all I have to say. World Series, baby. Don't let us win game three. Don't let us win today. Give Porcello in game four at Fenway. And anything can happen in game five. Never fucking forget. We're doing it again this year. Sox and six. So Poppy's retirement. We get him another ring. Section 10. Keep up the good work. Love you guys. Don't let the Sox win this game. Kevin Millar. Hey, boys. This is Jack from Cumberland. Just got to say, love the show. Keep it up. But, man, fuck this team. What happened to us? The two best pitchers shit the bed. But you know what? We got to keep the faith in Clay Drow in game three. And pretty Ricky to bring on the win in game four. And Price needs to clean the shit stains out of his underwear for game five. And finally win us a fucking game in the playoffs. Let's go, boys. Keep up the good work. What up, Jared, Keith, Steve? Marcus calling in the night before the Red Sox face elimination tomorrow. Down no game, two games to none. And their season is riding on the arm of Clejo fucking Bukinen. Am I nervous? No, I'm not fucking nervous. Because the Red Sox are going to stop pitch, throwing, swinging that pitches in the dirt. They're going to start hitting some fucking bombs. Henry Ramirez is going to shit on the Indians. And Pedro's going to throw a fucking gym. Indians haven't been shit. They weren't shit before. They ain't shit now. Sox in five games. Love you guys. Go Sox. Okay. It's Pedro versus Josh Tomlin. My first point is, who the fuck is Josh Tomlin? Second off, as I play fantasy baseball, I'm one of the few retards who do, and I have no idea who Tomlin is. And I know Claydra was not on the waiver wire. So from that analysis alone, the Red Sox should come out victorious. Have a lovely night, fellas. If you told me in May that the Red Sox's final shot of the season would be hanging on the arm of one Clay Buckholtz, uh, I probably would have chugged the bleach right then and there. Um, but I'm sitting here the night before do or die, night before potentially the large part of his last game, and Claydro has me in Stockholm Syndrome. He's got me held captive, but I'm starting to fall in love with him. I'm trying to convince myself that this is going to work. Um, and I hope I'm not outrageous or else. I mean, I might be drinking that Clorox cocktail. Go Sox. Please don't break my heart, Clay Joe. Hey, Jared, Pete, and Steve. I saw you guys were recording an emergency podcast, and I just had to call in and give my two cents about the team being down 0-2. I'm sure a lot of these voicemails are going to be, oh, doom and gloom. But let me tell you, this team is fucking coming back and winning this series. David Ortiz is not going out like a little bitch. Hanley Ramirez is going to put the team on the back. And they are going to win, dance, and repeat all the way back to fucking Cleveland and on to the ALCS. All right. Keep up the great work, guys. What's going on, guys? Just watched four days in October. Just letting you guys know. We're going to take it. We're going to pull this reverse sweep off. We're going to go. Beat the Indians. Beat the Blue Jays. Go to the World Series. Take on the Cubbies. No bullshit. We're going deep. Fucking socks in five. Clay Buckholtz saves the day, and he's going to be the winning pitcher of Game 7 in the World Series. 
socks in five against Cleveland. Then we're going to fucking sweep Toronto. And then we're going to have game seven against the Cubs at Fenway. And it's going to be fucking Sandy Leone that's going to hit a walk-off grand slam. And Lester's going to be pitching. And Theo Epstein's going to jump off the green monster to commit suicide. Go Sox. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Pete? Yep. Steve? Yep. Did you send the fucking invoice or no? <laughs> no, I definitely didn't. Dick. It is the home of your American lease. The fucking fuck you. Fuck Steve. Fuck Pete. I quit. I'm done. <laughs> Off the show, send your own fucking invoice. See ya. I'm just trying to get to know ya. Get a little closer, baby, closer. Ooh, do you mind? 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 Yo, we've been right here thinking about it all night. Baby, you should be up in my bed.